Steve, Penn State may have won, but I've got things to be angry about. Oh, I can't wait. I'm, I'm, I'm furious. <sighs> Welcome into another edition of the Stuff Summer Says podcast with... Steve. Steve. Steve, did you have a good Thanksgiving? Let's start there. Right? And Thanksgiving was wonderful. Okay, my two good. daughters with me, it doesn't get any better. All right, that's good, that's good. How about I, you? I, I cooked my first ever turkey. And? Um, it was good. I, I think I, I think I rated it like a seven point five on Twitter or eight point five. It was not it was not a perfect turkey, but uh, you know, for for first timer, it's it's good. That's good. Yeah. Leftovers for how many days? Uh, I still have leftovers. It's okay. now Tuesday. Still have leftovers. Still, the dogs have gotten their fair share of turkey. <laughs> um, so, although we gave Buddy uh, some of the giblets, and his breath was not great. So, <laughs> don't don't give your dog giblets. Nope. That's my life lesson this week on the podcast. Uh, this week Wait, on the was podcast. Was breath good before? No, I mean it's never been good, but it was like, it was like, like I had to leave the room. It was so bad, <laughs> okay. and he was sitting at the other end of the room. Okay, fair. Um, all right. So, anyways, this week on the podcast, I've got a Steeler game to be angry about, but Penn State did win. Um, so we'll talk about that as well. Um, then we also found a very interesting article from the Athletic. Um, basically, they asked readers to fill out a survey about um, the NFL broadcast so far this year, and I I read it immediately, and I was like, we got to talk about this. I think it's very interesting. Um, there's a lot of good questions, a lot of interesting data. We each have a couple of points that we pulled out, so we'll t- we'll chat about that, um, and then we're going to talk about decorating for Christmas. That's right, we're a home decor podcast as well as a sports podcast, sports media podcast, I should say. All right, speaking of sports media, first off, I don't even know where to begin with the Steelers, the Steelers game. So right now it is 7.39 on Tuesday evening. Allegedly, the Baltimore Ravens are in the air flying to Pittsburgh for a 3.40 football game tomorrow, which is on Wednesday, which you'll probably have listened to this. The game may or may not have happened. I guess we'll find out within the next 24-ish hours. But it has like I'm I'm emotionally exhausted for the Steelers game and the game hasn't even happened yet. It's it's been a wild ride. Do you, I can't remember anything like this. No, not not three postponements, right? And and you've gone from a Thursday night game when there were probably going to be thirty million people watching to a Wednesday afternoon game where if you get five million people watching, you'll be really lucky. Um, yeah, it's just been and it. And it it seems very reactionary, which I guess this is what 2020 is about with, with the virus. It also seems uh, counter to some other things that have happened in the league this year. And I, it's funny, I've seen media, for me, taking, taking fans to task for being frustrated with it. And, and I think there's a disconnect there. I, I think that it proves that media aren't fans, which, which is good that they're not. But I don't, I don't think the media is being totally honest about some of this stuff either. I think they're playing both sides of the street in some cases as well. Well, so let's let's. I didn't put this on the rundown, but let's get into one of the interesting act aspects of this. Was the Mike Florio Adam Schefter subtweeting feud? Did you catch any of, of that? Cut pieces of it. Yeah. Like it was nasty. Like it was like the one guy would tweet one thing, and then the other guy would tweet the next thing. And meanwhile, there's Tom Pelissaro in the corner just tweeting away. Like the, I, he's been the one that's I think gotten the most right so far on all of this. Um, I I don't remember. Like I really, you know, I I know that uh, Mark Stein and, and Woj kind of had have their battles 
over the years kind of breaking basketball stuff, but I don't remember like two reporters really getting into it like that over something in, in quite a long time. And it was kind of interesting to watch because it took me back to my collegiate days when it was the collegiate versus onward state. And it, it kind of reminded me of that. And I, I think, you know, that is one thing that, that gets lost is like, sure, these people may be friends and colleagues, but there's still like a competitiveness to covering sports, in, especially, you know, nowadays. Yeah, and it was interesting to me as you, as you think about that little back and forth, like the voices that weren't there, the voices that don't get caught up in it or aren't part of it, and not they don't get caught up in it. But Jay Glazer, right, who's always breaking stuff, wasn't in that little spat, which which generates some stuff out of its own. So it's always it's interesting to see what turf media stake their claim on. Um, and I watched a little bit of the Pittsburgh stuff from the, the, the folks at maybe the Post Gazette and the Athletic with Ed Bouchette and, and talking about the fan, you know, kind of talking to the fans. Like, this is the right decision. I don't know why anybody's upset. And, and I, I think when you miss, when you don't understand why the fans are upset, I think you miss an opportunity to serve them. I get as a fan what, what the rules are and, and supposedly whatever else is going on, but I, I can't, I still can't parse a big difference between what's happened with the Steelers and the Ravens and what what's happened, what happened with the Broncos last Saturday or last Sunday? Oh, their right. quarter. Oh, it's just their quarterback room. It wasn't the whole team. I'm sorry. I, I think this year is any year as a team. Your a number one responsibility is to be healthy for a game, and as pro athletes, you have you have the money and the wherewithal to seclude yourself and to be safe. And if your team can't be healthy for a game, I think you're taking an L at some point. Like I, I just don't understand. I yeah I I. So I'm not surprised that the forfeit hasn't been laid out. But what I don't get about all of this, and this kind of diverges into the NFL lifestyle more so than anything else, maybe away from sports media, but is what's the point of this Week 18? Like, why are, why are we not having using this Week 18? Like, why does this game need to be played this week? So, you know, if you want to say – you know, this was the right call, which I don't. I don't know what was the right call. I, I really don't. Um, I, I just don't understand. Like, why go through all the hassle to create all these protocols and all of these these rules, and then not not implement them? Right. And it's the same thing with. And I guess you know. I guess it did spread to their practice squad a little bit heavier. But you know, for a while there, it was looking like only like a few guys. Okay, bring up the, the guys from the practice squad. Like, what's what's the point of having an expanded practice squad? Like. Right. I mean, it didn't, the... that didn't make sense to me. Um, the other thing that didn't make sense to me was when I saw the kick time. And I thought, oh, no, I'm going to have to miss the Mass Singer. Is, if you know me, follow me on Twitter. Love the Mass Singer. Love it. 8 o'clock every Wednesday. And I was like, oh, no, I'm going to have to miss it. Nope. 340. Why? Well, I, I did some some quick and dirty research, which just means Googling. Um, and the Christmas at Rockefeller Center had, you know, like 8 million viewers a couple years ago, last year, a couple years ago. Now, again, the football game on Thanksgiving night would have gotten 30 million, no doubt about it, easily. Um, but now that you're on a Wednesday at night, and I think there, there's a part of this when you go to the media, this is, this is the NFL having to kind of take one on the chin for a broadcast partner that shells out billions of dollars, you know, f- to provide Sunday night football, which is the highest rated TV show of all TV shows, and this is just kind of a give back. You're trying to get your schedule figured out, and they're going to help you out by doing it here, and that's just you're stuck with it. Well, that was one of the one thing I was going to pull up. Um, Sports Business Journal basically said this is 
kind of a thank you to the NFL for or to the NBC for being like good about this game keep being yep. moved and moved and moved. But what I don't understand is, and I I have to would like almost have to read the law on this because I know that Fox doesn't have a nightly newscast, um, like a national nightly newscast. Mm-hmm. I wonder if. This game is not at five because NBC does have a nightly newscast, and they probably have to have some form of a nightly newscast to show or to uphold their whatever standard. I think you're right about that. I think that plays into it. And I think – so I think that was why, but I don't know. I – the tree taping has been moved before, like – or what's what's the problem with putting on USA or or – like no, I, I think other, you're, I think uh, you're, other network. I, and the other thing I don't understand is, and it must not be in the NFL contract. NBC has a whole sports channel; they have it for a reason. Like, right. w- why not put the football game there? Like, people will people turn to ESPN and watch games. Those don't come over the air, you know. I, I don't know. No, and I think they could if they wanted to. They could. I mean, it's kind of like, and I, I forget. Probably would have been you'd have been too young for this, right? But when ESPN two started. Um, ESPN put a Duke North Carolina game on ESPN two intentionally and promoted the heck out of it. It was one of the first big college baseball basketball games on ESPN two, and they did that to drive viewers to it. This could have been an opportunity, and maybe maybe two days and and, and the ifs and what ifs of it weren't enough to make it worthwhile for them. But this this could have been in part a, a, a flag planning moment for their sports network if they wanted it to in some ways. Um, but, yeah, that's a. Re- I hadn't even thought of. It. That's a really good point. I mean, because really the only thing that NBCSN has is the NHL, and the NHL is a. I hate to say it, a little bit more of a niche sport than the NFL is. The um, tough part is they wouldn't have had as much probably commercial inventory to, to be able to do house ads for NBCSN to promote it if it got there. So that's another challenge, and it, it, you know probably the lesser of all evils and the easiest path was early on NBC Maine, and I do think you're right about the network news and creating that space. And, and I think that's, that's a media thing. It, it's, it, that's a reporting thing, which is interesting to me. Everybody's saying, oh, it's the Christmas tree lighting thing. But I do think there's a piece of it that is the network news. Maybe there's a couple of times you can preempt it and not have to worry about it counting, but you're there to provide that. Like, I, it's interesting to me that that's, that hasn't been reported as part of it. You know, I, just, yeah. I think that's true. And. I mean, I, that was the one thing that I, my only other thought was when, but I don't know. Again, are you, have you ever watched the tree lighting? No, because that's enough hassle to get my own tree lights up. We'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. No, you're not wrong. Um, the other thing, the other thing that I wanted to talk about, and I don't think a lot of people realize this. So when so early on in all of this last night, which would have been Monday, they were saying that the Steelers game on Sunday would be moved to Monday, and the Ravens game was already planned for Monday. And I knew instantly, and I'm surprised that like I'm not to like toot my own horn, but I'm surprised not more people didn't pay attention to this or catch on to this. The Steelers game would be on Fox because. 99% of the time, the Steelers game would be on Fox because they play Washington, and Washington is the away team, which is the NFC team, which gets the Fox contract. That Ravens-Cowboys game was the Thursday night game, also on Fox. And so now Fox has two games that they basically have the inventory of. But what people weren't realizing, aren't thinking about, and I, I didn't realize this until I moved to down here, 
but just how close Baltimore and like DC are to each other. So there's really no way there was really no way that the game could have been two five o'clock games because they're on Fox because they share the same market. Like like right. to a degree, they're in the same market. This is the whole thing with with um, with Masson and and all of the na- the Nationals and, and Orioles stuff. So like I, I was surprised that like that didn't I, when that was being talked about early on. I was like, no, that's not that can't work. Like there's no way you can differentiate on the signal. Right. Um, you know what the difference is. Um, so I was just kind of surprised by that. I think it makes sense with how they moved. And then when I was talking to my one friend about it, I was like, I think they're just going to move that Ravens game to Tuesday, which makes the most sense. Um, so I don't know. I thought um, that was interesting. And I, I thought that was something people don't think about. Yeah, no. I'm, I mean, I'm ready for afternoon football. I'm ready. I was ready for this game to be played last Thursday night without two Baltimore running backs. I'm ready for it to be played tomorrow without a Baltimore quarterback. And if the Steelers would be having to play a game without their players at some point, I'm okay with it because I am firmly entrenched and I think they've got one job this year, and that's stay healthy. And if my, kid, if my guys can't do that, shame on them. And I don't have a lot of sympathy for the other teams that, that, that can't do this. Sequester in your home, do whatever, order takeout, get stuff picked up from your personal chef. It, it doesn't feel like it's hard. For I, college I, kids, I think it's harder. I was just going to say that. I, I do feel like – I feel like when we were we were – debating whether the Big Ten should come back when they canceled. I feel like that was something that I was really keen on. Is like, these are professional athletes. They can go bubble. Like, that is their job. They get paid to do that. Technically, technically speaking, as I air quote, student athletes are students first. That's why it says student athletes, not athlete students. And so I had a tougher time with seeing them bubble. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm not as grumbly about college football piece, but I think the NFL – like you got to play 16 games this year at some point. If you're lucky, you get a few more. And realistically, everybody, all those guys know if they're lucky, they're, they're lucky to get a season or two in their life, honestly, in terms of the length of contract. Play like your, your life depends on it. And, it. and it prepare like your life depends on it. And I think it does. Like, this is, they get this opportunity once. Right. And it's different. Right. We're not living it. We're not doing it. So maybe it's hard to be as appreciative or concerned about it. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. I, I just think that's their job this season. Right. All right. Hey, other good news. Well, I, I don't know what the other good news before this is, but Penn State won this weekend. They look they look good. Like I mean, the Michigan did. Like that's that wasn't a good Michigan team, but they look good. Like they didn't. The only bad aspect to that game was Jordan Stout. I didn't think Jordan Stout played well. I'm a harsh critic on Jordan Stout, both both for and against him. Um, I expect him to be perfect, and I don't think he was. But we'll save that for later. Um, I did. I thought that was like it, like where was that team? You know, I I feel like in a lot of ways that was a get right game for Sean. Yeah, and and but for the turnovers, I think we saw that team at times earlier in the season. You know, in the second halves of games after they hadn't dug themselves holes, I think if they're not turning the ball over, this is the team that's there all season. They're not they're not a, a college football playoff caliber team, even when they were had all their stuff together. If they weren't turning it over. But they're a lot better than what they looked in the first four games of the season. Um, I don't know that I that this game makes me feel great about what still remains. I mean, you know, really? I mean, I feel I don't think they're. Oh, I feel much better. I like feel I feel a hundred percent better. Better, but Seattle scares me. Like Rutgers is decent. Um, Michigan State screwing around and beating Northwestern, you know, makes me feel a little less. But no, I think they should win the next two. Like I, I mean, again, I thought they should have won nine to start with. 
So I think they should win the next two. We'll just see. But the stuff's there. They run, they've got depth at running back. I mean, we're down to you know, the fourth string guy, and he's doing okay, and the fifth string guy, and he's doing okay. Um, if they can make some tackles, which they've been doing, and not turn over the ball, they're not a bad team. I agree. I think they – I mean, there was – like I said about Sean, like I, I think they actually schemed well for him to have that type of game. I think there weren't, weren't a lot of like they took a couple shots downfield and I don't think they really connected on any of them not that they do that a ton anyways but I think they were getting the the ball to to primarily Parker Washington in space and letting him make some moves and mm-hmm. I think that um Kevon Lee is, is going to be very good I wish like am I the only person in all of Penn State that is excited about Kaziah Holmes because I am like I think he's going to be very good and I want to see more of him. Yeah, I, th- I think well, and they got him in there. They got him some carries, like because I, I I thought you know Lee was doing good, and then they, they brought Kazai in a couple times. I'm like or, you know early in the second quarter, and I'm like the other kid was running the ball well. What were they doing? And then you bring him in, and he's got flashes too. So no, I think I think they've recruited that position well. well. I think they know what what they've got there, and and and, and they're going to be good at that position. And I I, feel, I mean I felt good about them running the table going into Iowa. When was surprised at Iowa. Michigan felt like a get-right game. I think they needed to win something to have a little bit of positivity to build on. Um, I do like their determination, and their, 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 they don't seem to quit at the second half of games, and I think they've proven that, and I, hopefully they can just start strong. I mean, that was the big thing. They scored first, and you're like, oh, my gosh, what is this? Yeah, like the, yeah. the first opening drive was, go- like, gorgeous. I mean, it was it was a truly perfect drive. There wasn't, you know, any mistakes. I don't even know if they – Maybe they had like one or two incompletions, and that was it. And they were, but everything else, they were making smart plays, and that was the Penn State football team I expected at the start of the season. Um, I, I'm really interested to see what happens if they can. I, I hate to be one of those guys, and I know that I said that they would go 11 and 0, and I'm normally not like that, but I feel like a run here at the end of the season would be huge for next year, especially with how intense the schedule gets early on next year. You've got, um, you've got Wisconsin week one and you've got Auburn like week three. Um, and there's some good big 10 opponents like pretty early on in tough environments, including at Ohio state. And I think they go to Iowa next year. Like this is the type of run that much in the way that, when Trace came in in the in the Tax Slayer Bowl and that kind of like you could tell they really believed in him, this could kind of get be one of those moments, and it would be really nice if they could string it together, at least the, the next two wins, and if they do get this ninth game, a fourth win. Yeah, I mean, I, again, everybody had the same situations across the country for the most part, no spring ball, no whatever, but I think this team needed it. With with new coaches and, and some yeah, young players, yeah, that's a good point. And I think this, if they can get some stuff right here and, and, and win it, win win out at the end of the season or play well at the end of the season, you know, it kind of makes up for not having the early season games, not having spring ball, and maybe makes it feel fun again for both the, the players and the fans. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else you want to add on the Penn State game? Because I, I do want to get to this article. I think it's very interesting. Now let's get to the no. good stuff. Not okay. the Penn State stuff wasn't good. Yeah, that, I mean that was good. That was good. Um, so this week, The Athletic posted a basically a survey where they had um, subscribers respond to a bunch of different questions. Um, basically, there were, looks like 2,000 or so, two, or 3,000 
3,000 um, respondents um, who basically graded every aspect of the NFL TV coverage that we get. I I don't want to like read the whole article, but there, if you get a chance, um, it's by Richard Dice. I would check it out. Um, so. What were your three things? Your, why don't you give me your first thing? Let's go back and forth. Your first interesting thing that you found out of this article. I'll pick the first one that's most relevant to sports media. Because okay. the first one on my, my BS, my other two are kind of like I'm calling BS on them. Okay. But we'll see. My first one on, on the sports media list was the fans' ratings of NFL football analysts. Okay. And their number one selection, who got 70% of the vote, <laughs> was Tony Romo. 70, I, that's a lot. Yeah. For a guy I who I think is, surprised. I appreciate how he burst on the scene and he could predict plays and whatever else. I think he's overrated. I think he's just okay. Um, I certainly think he's overpaid and people are going to be paying for that literally when they have to restructure Jim Nance's contract to make him happy or he's going to leave or whatever else. Romo is... I guess he's down. He sounds down to earth and authentic, so that's fine. And I think the whole Romo Domstress thing, where he can like predict right. the play, I think that's just why people like him. Right, and, but I think that's one of its course. I think if you're any player, and it's only been a couple of seasons, but once you're out of the league a couple of years, like what you're seeing changes and whatever else. And I, I don't, I don't need them to predict plays for me. I need to tell me why. I don't need to say, hey, they're gonna. I don't know. I, I just think he's he sounds. Fanny and not in, as informed as I want him to be. Um, and I think because people before him have made the analyst position really strong, and like people like Troy Aikman went in and ran the meetings for the production groups and started asking the questions, I think Romo is on their coattails in some ways. Um, and I, for any of the top teams, I think you have to be really good for, I don't think, you have to be really good for me to be impressed because I know there's five guys working. There's the play-by-play -play guy, there's the analyst, each of those guys pays their own assistant, and the network has a stats guy. So you see two guys or hear two guys, but there's really a week's worth of work by five guys to make a broadcast come together. They shouldn't be missing stuff. They right. shouldn't have stuff wrong. So I was just struck that the reputation and the PR around him had made the vote disparity that high. So uh, the, the thing I wanted to chat about that stat was I'm surprised slash disappointed so I was surprised that Tony Romo was so high, but I was surprised slash disappointed that two people weren't higher. Charles Davis and Lewis Riddick. I think Charles Davis, which I, when's the last time you, you plugged in a controller and played Madden? Is it, that would be never. Never? Okay. Okay. So Charles Davis is the voice of Madden yeah. now, basically. And he does an excellent job there. And the, they've made a lot of updates to the game. But he's so good at just converting very high-level thinking into stuff that I can understand. Because I'm not a huge X's and O's scheme guy, but he can break it down and explain it in a way. And Lewis Riddick, even though he's a pit grad, he is, like, perfect at, at, at evaluating talent. Like, I think he does a very good job of explaining why this player did the right thing or the wrong thing there. And I don't think that, like, I just, I don't know, I... I, when Lewis Riddick was doing the, the draft stuff, I was like, he's perfect here, but I wanted him in a TV booth. Now he's got to deal with Brian Greasy, who I don't really like. But I, I thought, like, I just wish those two guys were higher on, on this. I, I think that I, I like Davis now the more. I'm appreciating him more. That's the word. I'm appreciating that's, that's him fair. more than, than I did early in his career. 
And I've, I've always liked Lewis Riddick. I just thought he was honest. I thought he was insightful. And again, it's, it's from player evaluation, but, I, but he's played. He knows the game. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. What was your first one? My first one was, hold on here, I need to find it. Um, it was basically CBS was the number one TV, like where you prefer to watch a game at. That surprised me as well. I, I don't know. I, I don't think the CBS broadcast is that good. It's, it was forty one percent of the people said that. I, I don't know. I, there's nothing that the CBS broadcast give to me that I don't like, or I, that I like them. I don't with. disagree. I, in fact, I might like them less than the Fox number one team for sure. Um, but I think more people. I think CBS with the over-the-air stuff, I think people not having cable and able to get games, I think more people see games on CBS. Well, see, my number places. one would be NBC. And that's fair, too. So they're over-the-air, too. I, so I, I, had, I did wonder if Chris Collinsworth was not on the NBC broadcast, would the NBC broadcast be higher? Maybe. Do you think? Because uh, I think they, Michaels, like... like I, I don't dislike Michaels, but again, Joe Buck would be my number one among the NFL guys. I just think he's... Nance, Nance seems preachy to me, and Michael's is always trying to sleep, sneak in his 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 betting stuff. And and I have a I have a sore spot for when the league was busting down on um, people drinking. That Michael's had his DUI like four years ago, and there was nothing ever happened about it. Like he didn't <clears> miss a game, didn't do whatever. So that's a whatever. Um, yeah, I guess maybe surprised they're that high. Yeah, that that surprised me. Um... So my second one, then kind of going in with that, that the number, yeah, which broadcasting team is your favorite? Where is my blue? Oh, no, I read the slice wrong. Never mind, I'm done now. That's not my okay. second one. That's not your second one? All right, all right. So I, I, don't have I, a I will one. say, I have a third one I'll come about later. right below that is the question about who is the best NFL play-by-play announcer? And, like, the number one answer looks like it was Al Michaels, which I think Al Michaels does a good job. You, you, as you just mentioned, are a little harder on him. Um, and then Joe Buck is number two. And we don't see, I don't think we necessarily 100% see how much he gets, but there are two people that I wish, that I, that I like a lot that are on this list but are not high enough, in my opinion. Ian Eagle, I think he is the perfect, like, he is like, Jim Nance in the weight. I think he should mm-hmm. take Jim Nance's job. I think Iron Eagle does an incredible job. I think he really doesn't miss stuff. I think they, they partnered him with Deerdorf. Was that, am I making that up? Well, he's got he's got our favorite guy this year. He's got the the linebacker guy that did the Steelers game, right? Vilma. He's got Jonathan. Oh, Vilma. that's right. That's right. Now, like, he was with Dan Fouts for years, too. That's who I was thinking. Yeah, of, no, he's, he's, yeah. he's been the, the, the heir, heir apparent for a couple of years. And, and realistically, if Nance doesn't get his contract demands to, to be higher than Romo, <laughs> Ian Eagle may get his shot sooner rather than later. I, I like him, but I wish that Mike Tirico got more games. Like, I was, it was so nice to hear Mike Tirico do the. Sunday night game this week. I I like Mike Tirico. I liked him when he was on Monday Night Football. I have always enjoyed the work that he does. To me, he's he he like he just can't do any wrong in my eye. Um, my eyes. I, I really like him, and I wish he was higher. I don't think so. I think he's like the most underappreciated of these top tier announcers. Yeah, and I would go with you on both those. I I agree on both of those and. I mean, there's nobody I'm turning the channel off on any of them or disappointed that I have them, you know, and then it's all certainly personal stuff. Um, 
you know, for me, it's it's Buck by a hair, and I, for whatever reason, I'm not as high on Michaels, but he's a pro. Like he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, so it's you know, what what do I know exactly? So, what was your third thing? Because I'm my sure third thing. Podcasting. Exactly. My third thing was. Hold on here. I gotta scroll down to it. My third thing was which coach would make the best TV analyst. Mm-hmm. Sean McVay was number one. Yeah, there's no way. I saw that too. I, just I he like he. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't think he would be number one. Number two was it looks like Mike Tomlin. And number three is Andy Reid. And then number four was Bill Belichick. Could you imagine Bill Belichick doing TV? Like he would never get near it. No, I don't, and he doesn't have to. I mean, I mean, he'll do it on his terms, right? I stumbled over something on HBO last night with the Belichick and Saban special from earlier this year, oh, late yeah, last yeah, yeah. year, right? Like, he'll do that kind of stuff on his terms. He's going to be like, like um, Peyton Manning. He's not going to have to do this kind of stuff. Sean McVay is a ways from having to worry about it or having to do it. Andy Reid might do it um, and come across. I think Tom will be okay, but I don't know. It, I think he's got a long time to have to worry about waiting too. He's got five yeah, or six yeah. years before it's even going to be relevant. Like he's right. going to really have to run the train aground or boat aground to like make something. But I just don't work. think Sean McVay like. I... I think that was a here's a young guy who seems yeah. like he's media savvy. We'll say that, but I just I don't think. I so. don't know. I didn't. Yeah, he doesn't seem like the the full list. There was Sean McVay, Mike Tomlin, Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, which Pete Carroll did stuff. Did yes, he? yep, I, yep, I'm, I'm, yep. Okay. Um, John Gruden, which I liked Gruden. He was funny. Like, he was kind of... I corny. thought he was pretty good at what he did. He got to kind of be kind of cliched in the character of himself. But yeah. I, I mean, I think he's low on that if you really think about people who've done it and done it well. Because um, he could have had a light... He, he basically got a part ownership in a team to come out of that because he was so good right. and so well liked at what he was doing. Um, Sean Payton and Bruce Arians, those were like the top choices. Nobody in the media is going to like Arians after this year. Oh, that's They're true. They're going to keep beating him up about how he's not using yeah. the quarterback. He's not going to want to work for anybody. I think Sean Payton would be fun. Like, I would like to, like, I, I wish, I don't I don't dislike Mike Tomlin, and I, 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 but I wish he was almost like a coach of one of my teams, just so, because I feel like he's got a good energy about him, and I feel like he would do well in that TV role of, of breaking down a game, but he would have to be, like, a top tier. He would have to be the Sunday night or the Monday night guy. Yeah, I, I think he's... I think he would resonate with viewers. Um, there's a personal piece, and I don't know if... Have you seen the... Well, it's country music, right? The Kenny Chesney video that he's in. Oh, I know what you're talking Fall, about. Where he does the yeah. speech in the locker room. Like, yeah. I think that kind of personal, heartfelt stuff, like, it's hard to do every week on TV. But I think if you have that in you, a good producer is going to find a way to pull it out of you. Yeah. You know, so... My third one um, was, was the, the non-sports media-related one. It was the question about, would you attend a game at a stadium this year? Seventy percent of people said no. That just seemed high to me, and we actually. Here, have... You know what? Here's my thought. Sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. Go, go, no good. My thought is, most of the people, not to get political, most of the people who are athletic subscribers, probably educated enough to know what to do and not to do right now. <laughs> and one of those things is go to a sporting event. And I thought that. So I think that might be sample, like that, sampling air. That's fair because we, we had this discussion. We had the discussion Thanksgiving morning in our house. And I said to my wife, I said, okay, kids are coming over. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, if this game is going on, maybe we had it Wednesday because the game hadn't been canceled yet. If you could get tickets, like if you had access to tickets, would you go? 
and there was no hesitation on my, on my wife's part, and there would be little hesitation on mine in a, in a, at, at a stadium this year spaced out that way. If there's 20,000 people at a Steelers game and I'm a, one of six people in my section, I'm kind of comfortable. Now I'm wearing my mask, and I'm not being an idiot about it, but I'm comfortable going if it wouldn't have been three, you know, three hours away with some traffic. Would you feel comfortable if it was a Steelers game in Lucas Oil Stadium? Maybe not. See, that's see, that's how I yeah. am. If yeah. I would not go to a dome stadium right now of any sport, even right. football, I'm also just kind of freaked out about being inside right now. Um, I would consider and. You know, I did check out StubHub, like, or just to see what the tickets would cost mm-hmm. type thing. Um, not for Thursday's game, but, like, when the fans were first allowed. Um, but I, I don't know. I I got to have something in me before I go to a game. Yeah, no, I, I just, if it was outdoors and it was a team I cared about, right? Or if we happened to be, and I can't even think of a reason we would be in some If you gave me free state. tickets, I would have. If you were like, right. hey, I got extra tickets. Do you want to come to this game? Sure. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Right, sure. exactly. Like, I'm I've been being safe. Like, I, I trust these protocols. I haven't right. heard of any major outbreaks happening at any of these stadiums. You know. I think it, you're right on the subscriber piece of it, though. I think you're right on who's who's got a subscription to the place, who's smart enough to know what's right. And it's not like some poll of just random people that could, you know, respond for free. Right. And 80, and then 80%, or more than 80% say either yes or maybe on when they attended a right. game in a stadium in, in twenty. 21 and i mean who knows i mean you know it depends on take it depends on how long it takes before these vaccines roll out and stuff like that i, I mean we could be trapped in here for another football <laughs> season we could not be i mean so i don't know but I, I do check out that article on the athletic um the title is mid-season nfl broadcast survey results cvs still tops monday night football booth fair as well um real quickly let's chat about that record you like the new Monday Night Football booth? I don't hate it. Like the first week—that's where I'm at. The first week, it was—I was like, "Oh God, this is not going to be good." Because I, because I, I didn't think Greasy was going to be great, but he's gotten to I not like wear Greasy. on me. He's the one that I don't like in that. Right, right. Um, and Steve Levy is still Steve Levy Sports Center guy. Right. To me. No, the the the, the high—it's still Lewis Riddick. It's Lewis Riddick is the one that I watch for and hope talks and says something. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't make me not want to watch the game. And if they had a wonderful option instead of, I'm sure they would go there. But it's just going to be interesting. Like, can they afford to have an option? You know, depending on how much it costs them in the next round of, of, of contract negotiations just to get the games, will they put somebody on them? And I still maintain people aren't watching just because of who you have. They're watching because of the matchup. That's true. I think it's, yeah. I think people will watch a football game no matter what. I do... Um... I do think it'll be interesting to see if they get if if when they get back in the Super Bowl rotation by getting games on ABC if they shell out some more money for someone because I could see them doing that. All right. Speaking out uh, about speaking of shelling out money, I have shelled out some cash for some Christmas decorations. Are they up this year? Oh, they the Christmas we have a we have three Christmas trees. Good for you. Uh, and this is this is on mainly on me. We have. One in our basement that is a Penn State themed one. We have a gold one, like it's it's a real tree in our living room window. That one's real. Uh, the basement tree is fake, but it's a very nice fake tree. And then the office tree is also fake, um, but very nice. 
Very nice. What's outside? Nothing yet. Nothing yet. Okay. What will be outside? What's the approach? Lights. So here's where I'm at. I'm very particular about what about lights, inflatables. I do not like inflatables. Do not. I couldn't as get approval the, for inflatables. I tried. Didn't get, didn't get past the, the boss. Yeah. No, I don't. Not a fan. Like, I'm just not a fan of them. But what is your take on lights? Like, are you, like, where do you stand on outside lights? Oh, we have, we'll have, we're up. It was warm, so there are, but it's white. It's all, it's all white stuff. Okay, good. Like, See, so, that's, yeah, yeah that's how I am. It's all white. There's no blinking. Not that's a bad thing, but it's just all white, like outlines the front of the house and the top of the house kind of thing. Um, two little Christmas trees cut out of wooden pallets on the front and painted white with lights wrapped around them. Okay. So kind of simple and clean. Um, and then we'll have like a nativity scene that'll go up when the rain stops and it gets, you know, maybe tomorrow or Thursday or Friday when the rain and it's not snowy, I can go out and put that in the ground. So yeah, pretty much simple. I tried to get some approval. Like I said, I thought, wouldn't it, wouldn't, how about a minion inflatable? Just something, and, and which I didn't really necessarily want, but I was curious what would happen. Well, like what, just like, what's the line there? Like Christmas tree, like inflatable Christmas tree or like inflatable minion? There are no inflatables that are going to get approval. So it doesn't really matter. Um, and then inside we'll do, well, there's a new cat in the house, so I'm not quite sure how that's going to work. It can't be any worse than experiences we've had with years and trees in years past, because our first house had a vaulted ceiling, so we would get like a 14-foot Christmas tree. And, and one of the traditions of Christmas was me refusing to tie the tree to the wall, like even though we could stick a nail in the window, it was me refusing and insisting that the tree stand, which was often a five-gallon bucket of rocks, was going to be able to make this work. And, and what, would, what would inevitably happen was Christmas that the tree, tree stands are like five bucks. We just didn't have one. Like, and honestly, the first year it worked, right? Like the first year the bucket oh, worked, and I'm okay. like, okay, this is going to be repeatable. And the first year it might have been an eight-foot tree. So the second year we went to a 14-foot tree. There were like three years in a row there when putting the tree up was followed within a period of minutes by the tree crashing to the ground and water splaying all over the floor and me spraying <laughs> profanities. So we, we've calmed that down, but that was for three or four years there. The fourteen foot tree was it was my pretty mom, interesting. So my mom has two cats. We there's I think it's still in the like when like in where the tree goes on the wall is still like a little nail because yep. we because I'm sure the people that bought our house saw those nails and had to figure out exactly what they were, but that's <laughs> what they were. So um, we're not sure what the cat will do with the tree this year. Um, so we'll see what we do. Well, you know, if we've you heard real, orange real peels. Real trees or fake trees? What? Real trees or fake trees? Real trees. We'll see. They, we've had two real trees the past couple of years in this house, a bigger one. And then because where we put it, you can't see. God forbid nobody sees you have the tree, right? So then we have to put one like by the front window that we decorate because we have okay. the boatload of lights and whatever else. Um, so I'm lobbying for that. I don't know if we'll do two or not. I'm sure we will. It's just going to be how we keep the cat out of them. So maybe there won't be many decorations. Maybe it'll just be lights. And we hope the cat doesn't chew on the lights and we come out and find a fried cat some morning, which would not be funny as I laugh. Um, I had a follow-up question and I forgot it. Oh, no, I know. Okay, so where where do you do like the whole Christmas tree farm experience or like do you do the like go to a, a nursery or are you just a Lowe's Home Depot kind of guy? Um, it's usually been like... Or like a Christmas a tree farm. I mean, it's been there's always a, there's been a Christmas tree farm where we lived when we were outside of Pittsburgh and when we first got married. My biggest mistake ever, perhaps ever, in our marriage was we had one child. She was pregnant with the next. It was time to go get the Christmas tree and you know trudge through the snow and cut it and drag it. 
And for whatever reason, I wasn't in the mood or we were fighting about it. And I'm like, just get your own damn Christmas tree, right? And like, was going to be the man. And that didn't work out because she was really upset. And that was bad. Um, but yeah, we've lugged the kids along down hills and up hills and valleys and dragged trees. And you picked this one and you picked that one. We did Lowe's when we were in D.C. in the townhouse. Like when we were in Fairfax, Virginia in the townhouse and it was just a pain to go somewhere. We did like Lowe's, which felt weird. Um, we'll go find some guy outside of State College or Center County somewhere, you know, and just, you know, go buy a tree or two and drag them, throw them in the back of the truck and come home. See, we, okay, so we, you probably know what, J, you know what JB Tree Farm is, mm -hmm. right? Okay, we did that one when I was like really little. Then we did the like, the, the car wash places. Right. Or is there those places? But so... Anna's and I's first Christmas together, we were like, let's go do the chop the chop the tree thing down. So we went and did it. The tree was like a hundred and twenty dollars. And I was like, that's kinda of pricey for a piece of wood that I'm gonna just throw out <laughs> in, true. in in three, four weeks. So the next year we went back to that tree farm and they didn't really have anything, so we went to a nursery. And the nursery had a tree for like 80 bucks. And that wasn't too bad. And, and then, this was a real tree that you ended up planting then? No, this is like, it was like it's a still cut one. Okay. still cut. Like yep. it was, they just, that right. was what they sell now instead of pumpkins or flowers. Right. So then, then the next year we went there and they didn't really have anything. And we went to Home Depot and we have not. We will never not go to either Home Depot or Lowe's. This year we got ours at Lowe's. After yeah, and I can see Depot. that being... It, because of the prices. It's like, yep. it's half the price that, I mean, right. I guess you pay for we'll that experience. A, we'll probably but. do a... For the, see, the farm we had last year has replanted a bunch of stuff, so I don't know how many they'll have this year. Um, the Forestry Club at Penn State has done it a couple times. We got them there once. Um, but this year, with the kids not here, I'm not sure if they'll have them available. Um, they do them by the Ag Arena and set them out. And that then you feel like you're doing something that matters. We'll see. Um, I, we just had that discussion briefly. I'm like, you know, we'll have to get up early Saturday morning and get going. Penn State plays at noon. We'll have to get back here and get it up before the game. And I don't know if we're going to do that before the game. We certainly can't do it after the game because it'll be dark till we're done. So we'll see. Stories yeah. to come. Hopefully no falling. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> suck if the cat fell on the tree. That'd be awful. <laughs> You're going to have to, like, put a baby gate or something around. I guess you get two baby gates on top of each <laughs> other and keep the... Yeah, because this cat's kind of persistent. It could be interesting. Yeah, well, we we my at my mom's house, we you still can't hang Christmas ornaments like low because they'll just bat them. So like, there's this weird like lower rim. Oh, no we put the soft ones at the bottom because they used to have the dog's tails or something would hit it when we had the dog. <laughs> you know, so you had to put the soft ones at the bottom and the crystal or glass ones higher up. Yeah, you it, it happens. All right. Well, that has been this week's episode. Hopefully, there's a Steeler game tomorrow. Hopefully. The, there's results to be had, but I don't know. Who knows? There could this could be it for the NFL season. Who knows? And we're just all on a giant meteor or rock tumbling through space at hundreds of miles per hour. That's so, the truth. You know. Got anything else? No, sir. Good all talking right. to you. Thanks Thank for listening, you. folks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, subscribe to us and like us on Facebook. Uh, rate the show five stars, please. Um, Twitter handle, my Twitter handle is at Stuff Summer Says. Your Twitter handle is at Steve Sampson. Give us a follow. We'll I'll live tweet through the Steeler game tomorrow. Other than that, been real, been fun.
Have a good week. See ya. Bye.